Today is a topical message. Now, I don't know if you know, but relationships are really easy to manage. You know, it's really easy to get along with the people in our lives and, and get out of them what we need and to make them happy. Isn't that right? Isn't it easy to make people happy? Is, am I wrong in that? Okay. Uh, well, I'm joking. Obviously, relationships are challenging, and God wants to help us with that. But to give us a little bit of humor to that, I have a real short quip, uh, clip for you from one of my favorite comedians about marriage relationship in particular. Bonnie, if you have that. If marriage fights are great because they're all very dumb. I would say 90% of them are dumb. 10% the cops show up. But we got in a fight uh, once over chocolate milk. We didn't talk for 24 hours. What happened is I brought chocolate milk home, and she was like, why did you bring it home? And I was like, you're supposed to drink it after you work out. And she was like, that's not true. And I was like, well, there's a commercial on TV that probably looked into it more than you did. So I decided to listen to them. And she said, that's just the milk people pushing chocolate milk. And I was like, you don't even know what that statement means. You don't know if there's milk people. And I think chocolate milk's doing fine. I don't think they're sitting on barrels of it. And they're like, we got to make up a lie. We got to get rid of this chocolate milk. She went to college, all right, and I did not. But she did not study chocolate milk, when is it good and not good for you. <laughs> to be fair to her, though, I do not work out. So, <laughs> you know, but I was probably going to start, and I needed to get all this stuff there. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> uh, actually, if you're ever looking for a clean comedian. Uh, he actually is a Christian. Uh, he, just do, he just does it in general, though he doesn't t- typically push that. Uh, but he's a very clean comedian, so if you're ever interested in that, uh, you can find that. But have you ever gotten a fight like that? We're like, I can't believe we're fighting over chocolate milk. I don't know how this happened, you know? Or, or have you ever gotten someone upset, and you're like, I don't even know like, how this started, that we got in this argument all of a sudden. And, and that's because relationships are they're almost like landmines sometimes, right? They're just very difficult figure out how to navigate and just not upset anybody, and, and, but still we have things that, go, that are going in our lives, and they're, they're tricky. And part of the reasons why they're tricky is, have you ever noticed that a good amount of our stress in life is linked to a person or multiple people? Have you ever noticed that? We're not usually just stressed out of nothing. It's usually there's people around us that are doing stuff or not doing stuff, and they have us all stressed out. But also many of our blessings are connected to relationships, aren't they? The, the things that make us excited, the mi- things that make us joyful, often are linked to the people in our lives, as well as many of our needs and wants are reliant on our relationships with others, right? And that could be frustrating, even to the extent of if you're trying to get your car worked on and fixed. And, and I don't know if you think, if you realize this, but just because you give that mechanic money doesn't mean they're going to fix your car right, okay? Okay. Uh, so, so it's not a money issue, it's a relationship issue. That mechanic knows how to get what you need, and you need to figure out how to get him to give you what you need, right? And so all around us, all the time, all our needs and wants often are linked to the people that are around us. Look at the person next to you and say, I need you. Now just make sure you say that appropriately, okay? 
<laughs> so we need people in our lives, and uh, that can be frustrating. You know, sometimes because of how painful it can be to interact with people, we sometimes choose to just try to figure out how to do it on our own, right? I'm just going to figure out how to get my own needs met and my own desires met without people. But the problem is, what does God say in Genesis 2? It is not good for man to be alone. And the problem is, is we have been designed to, to be in certain settings and to function certain ways, much like plants. Anybody good at taking care of plants? Okay. Uh, if you're like me, if you want to kill a plant, if you have a death wish against a plant, bring it to my house. We'll take care of it for you. All right? We will kill that plant. Uh, because we just don't, we just aren't capable of doing that. Okay? But plants have needs, right? They need to be in soil. They need, sometimes say, I, I discovered, I didn't realize this. I had to try to figure out the grass situation in my yard. And when I was researching, did you know that you could take soil samples and go get them tested to see what's in the ground? And if you need to add other things into the ground, because it's not just dirt. You need certain nutrients in that soil. They need water. They need sunlight in order for the plant to survive and thrive. And it might be okay for a while if you starve it from its various nutrients, but at some point it's going to start to wilt and die. And we are like that. We have certain needs, and sometimes we can go without them for a while, but eventually, if we pull out of relationships, especially healthy relationships, we start to wilt at some point. We start to, to decay, and certain things start to go wrong when we're not in relationships. And I know that that could be really frustrating, can it? That I have to figure out how to rely on somebody else rather than just myself. But if you want to thrive, if you want to experience the goodness that God has for you, if you want to be well, then we have to figure out how to do this whole relationship thing. And there's multiple reasons why we need to figure it out. And this has been a part of our series on, on stability. There's several reasons why we should seek to know how to have this in our lives. Some of it's just for, just for ourselves, you know, like we would like to have our relationships to be healthy. Anybody would like to say you'd rather not? You'd like for them to be fractured all the time? No? Okay. So we want it for ourselves. It's good to have that enjoyable friendship and those relationships, but also for those that we care about. We want to learn how to do relationships well because anybody, any, any wives in here? Okay. Would you tell me that, no, my husband, I would rather him not try to be the best husband he could be. You know, I just would rather, that's okay, I, I, you know. No, we, we, it is better for the people we love and care about if we are the best husband, the best wife, the best friend, the best employee, the best neighbor we can be. And so if we don't do it for ourselves, then do it for the people that we care about. And the better we are at relating to and loving on people, the easier it is to invite them to follow Jesus. Okay, because if we're miserable, if we're mean, if we're jerks and we say, hey, you should come follow me. I'll show you how to live this life. It doesn't work that way. That's why we're taught to do relationships well, because it's a missional part, a missional purpose as well. Also, that's what brings glory to God. We honor Him. That's why does He say the two great commandments are, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, because one of the greatest ways to, in fact, when Jesus describes people at the judgment, he says, whatever you have done or not done for the least of these, you have done it for me. God cares greatly about how you and I relate to each other. And so if nothing else, 
Do it out of your desire to honor the Lord. But we have to remember that when we live out the principles that God has set forth for us in His Word, that does not mean perfection. Okay? That does not mean that if you follow this outline to a T, that everybody's going to love you and you're never going to have conflicts. But it does mean that our relationships will be better if we live out. Do we trust the Lord? Okay, if we live out the way He tells us to do relationships, they will be better. And I want that. Do you? Okay, so how do we receive that? Well, we can have the stability in our relationships by going through two needs. The first is the things that we need to know. Genesis 2.18, as I had mentioned, it is not good for man to be alone. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12 says this, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. Or if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if, we lie, if two lie to, together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Then 1 Corinthians 12, 21, Paul says, when he's describing the, bo- the body, he says, the eye cannot say, and we're all parts of that body, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. So the first thing that we need to realize is we all have needs. I have needs, and you have needs. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm needy. Now, again, make sure you say that appropriately because that could go, you know, kind of problematic. But, okay, all of us have needs, every one of us. I do and you do. And if I realize that, that's going to navigate the way I walk through, the way I relate to other people. Because if I remember that I have needs and my needs get met by the people around me, then I might be considering carefully how I'm treating the people around me. I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you got upset with someone and you told them off, only to realize that they were the person going to interview you just 30 hours, 30 hours later. Okay. Because the people around us have the ability to meet our needs. And if we know that, all of a sudden that elevates their value. Okay, it shouldn't just simply be, okay, I, I have stuff I want to get from them. It should be, these people all around me are valuable because they have the capacity to meet my needs. And all of a sudden, that changes the way we look at each other. But then I also have to remember that the person that is before me also has needs. And so sometimes when the person is uh, acting angry or anxious or stressed or they're getting on my case about something and I just want to, you know, call that guy who knows how to kill those plants and take care of this guy for me also... I need to remind myself there's a reason why that person is acting that way. Because they have needs. And for whatever reason, those needs aren't being met. Not that that needs to excuse their behavior. And not that that means that there doesn't need to be any kind of confrontation or boundaries. But I have to remember before I lose compassion in my heart that every person that's doing anything that's wrong or evil or broken or irritating, they're doing it because they have needs. I have needs, you have needs. Also, Romans 12, verse 3 and 4, Paul says, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Now, just think for a second. Often we memorize that statement separate from what's going to come next. 
But we aren't to think of ourselves arrogantly, you know, to, to think that we're more than we are. And that statement, watch this, that statement is followed by this statement. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. When I think that this person, it won't happen for them unless I step in and take care of it. When I think that I have to be the one to take care of everything, then all of a sudden I'm slipping into thinking that I am more highly than I ought to think. Because there is not one person who has the capacity to meet every need. There isn't, except the Lord, right? And so we need to realize that we have limitations. We can't do everything. And even if we're capable of doing it mentally, physically, emotionally, we don't all have more. Anybody have more than 24 hours in a day? Right? We only have a certain amount of time, and so we can't always do everything because of our limitations. And so when we feel guilty, stressed, and, and we're feeling talked into doing stuff that's kind of breaking us. Have you ever had that before? You're like, I can't do all this all the time. But we keep doing it for some reason. And we're starting to crumble under the weight of that pressure. We have to remind ourselves that God designed me in a way that there are different parts to the body. And this person can take care of this. And this person can take care of this. Not all can be an eye, right? I cannot take care of it all. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I cannot take care of it all. Okay? And afterwards, you need to tell them specifically why they need to leave you alone because you just can't handle it anymore. I have limitations. But also, I need to remember that when I need something from somebody else and they're not helping me out, they're not there for me, they're not answering the phone, they're not responding, I need to remember before I get bitter and frustrated and I want to quit that relationship, I need to remember that person, just like me, has limitations also. They can only do so much. They can't meet all my needs. And if I can remember that, boy, is that going to go a long way in navigating these relationships? If I can remember that I have needs, so do they. I have limitations, so do they. But there needs to be a balancing out of this because sometimes if we focus too much on the reality that we have limitations, we think that means that we don't need to do anything. Okay? Have you ever been around people like that that think that, they don't need to do it. You, maybe you've met, have you ever met some 20-year-olds that are still living at home and they think, I don't need to work a job, you know, I don't need help cleaning up, I don't need to cook anything, because I know there's somewhere that just flo someone that floats around this house and everything just gets clean and food shows up and the bills get paid. I don't know how it happens, but it's wonderful, I got a great deal. Have you ever known anybody like that? Okay. All right, so limitations means limitations in that there's some things we can't do. Doesn't mean we can't do anything, Right. And so how do we balance out, is this something that's outside of my ability, or is this something that I'm supposed to be doing? Well, let's balance out, balance out in part by this third thing I need to know. I am broken, and so are you. Now, how does that bring clarity? Well, first, just consider this for a moment. Matthew 10, Jesus says in verses 16 and 18, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. Be careful because you're going out as sheaves before wolves. Every person around us 
has the potential to do us harm. They might be able to have the potential to do us well also, but everyone around us has the potential to do us harm. And many of the reasons why we are frustrated with relationships is because we've encountered that, haven't we? People will lie to us, gossip about us, insult us, not, they'll neglect us. People do bad things, and the reason is because we're all broken. All of us are a mess, and I need to remember that before I decide to act on something because something happened and I'm upset or angry or, or sad or anxious, I need to remember before I decide what I think is right, because I don't know, and back to like we talked about last week about handling our emotions, uh, have you ever made a good decision in your anger? Okay. Probably not, all right? Have you ever made good decisions in a panic? Probably not. And so when I begin to act, I need to ask myself, am I choosing, do I think this is the right way out of the direction of the Holy Spirit and biblical principles? Or am I deciding to act this way out of my brokenness? I'm hurting, and I'm needy, and I need something, and I'm going to get it. Somehow I'm going to get it. And it might be that at that moment I'm acting out of my brokenness. And that's part of what will begin to balance this out is maybe, maybe I need to choose a different course. But I also need to remember that that person that is insulting me or neglecting me or harming me in whatever way. Again, it doesn't excuse the behavior. It doesn't mean that we don't need to establish boundaries or confront. But I need to remember that anytime someone acts like a wolf, it's because they're acting out of their brokenness. In fact, I don't know if you've ever encountered, because what happens if we're not led by the Spirit, uh, what's the difference between us and animals? is that we have a spirit alive inside of us and we have a conscience that's directed by the Holy Spirit. But we're just like the animals when we don't allow ourselves to be led by that, instead by our instincts. If you've ever encountered a wounded animal or an abused animal, or maybe you've encountered a dog that's chained up somewhere in a basement and it's been abused and you, you have good intentions towards that dog. You want to help that dog. You want to love on that dog. But what does that dog do when you move towards it? It wants to attack you, right? Because the dog is broken. And all of us are like that. Anytime we do the wrong thing, it's almost always connected to our brokenness and our neediness. And oh, how that might unleash some compassion and forgiveness and understanding when someone wrongs us if we understand these things. That I have needs, you have needs. I have limitations, you have limitations. I am broken, and you are broken. Look at the person next to you and let them know, I am broken. Maria. <laughs> now, unfortunately, many people don't understand these dynamics or know them. And what happens is people will walk away from friendships. Now, it's one thing when logistics change, you know, we move and we're further away or, or we change a job and so we're just not around them anymore and so just the drifting happens. But it's another thing when we consciously choose, I'm done with this friendship and I'm walking away. Or people choose sometimes to walk away from their family or from a marriage relationship or from a job or from a church. And when people do that, almost every time, if not all the time, the reason why they're walking away 
is because of these three ideas. They're not, no husband walks away from a wife who's amazing and does everything that he wants her to do. No, no, no employee quits a job when they're paying them an amount of money that makes them happy and the job's enjoyable and they take good care of them. Nobody walks away from a friend who's always there for them and makes them feel great all the time. No, when do we walk away from these relationships? When we encounter their brokenness, when we encounter their limitations, when they're not able to meet our needs. We do that to churches also, don't we? We don't leave a church when the church is amazing and I feel great every time I'm there and they're always there for me. We leave a church when we need something and no one was there for them and we encountered limitation or brokenness and our need wasn't met. And here's the thing. We think that we're helping ourselves out when we jump from friendship to friendship, from marriage to marriage, from household to household, job to job, church to church. But in reality, what's happening is we're never discovering the depth and the intimacy and the connection that is found in the longevity of a committed relationship. And we're doing that because we don't understand that every relationship we have, we're going to encounter to a lesser or greater degree neediness, limitations, and brokenness. And what should ultimately happen if we do this right is that we stop looking to each other to meet all of our needs but that doesn't mean we don't lean on each other because, again, it's not good for man to be alone. And so we seek to be our needs to be met in each other in part. But what should happen is the brokenness, the limitations, the neediness should all make us realize how much we need the Lord. Because there is no human being, there is no father or mother, there is no spouse, there is no boss, there is no friend, there is no church that will ever fully satisfy every one of our needs. It is only the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we realize that, then when we encounter brokenness and limitations and neediness and they're not being met in others and we've done all that we can, then we need to start seeking the Lord in prayer, seeking Him in His Word and receiving what He has for us. And so we can do this relationship thing through the things we need to know and then the things we need to do. There's certain things that we need to be doing in order to receive this. And I know that, that people have a hard time with this idea because they think that God's just going to drop all the good things in our lap without us doing anything. But that's not how He works. Otherwise, why do we have the Scripture to begin with with all the instructions on this is how we should live? Because it's in doing things not... And there's got to be a right perspective. It's not doing things and so we're making things happen. It's like the plant. We are choosing. We read the Bible because that's the soil, Right? We study the scripture, we pray, we get in Christian fellowship, we live a righteous life because that's the soil, that's the water, that's the sunlight. And so we do it because that's how we're getting ourselves in position to receive what God has for us. And the position is first to be able to take a healthy approach to getting our needs met. And just so you know, whining is not the right way to go about it. Neither is complaining, okay? Well, what is the right approach? Well, Ephesians 6, verse 2 and 3 says this. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. What is the promise? Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. If I choose to do relationships the way God tells me to do relationships, then I will receive every bit of blessing that I'm after and the satisfaction that I desire. And again, this is what helps us navigate the limitations. If I say I'm limited, but God tells me to do it, 
then I do it because I can do all things through him who strengthens me, right? And so if God's calling me to do it, I'm capable of doing it. So, so if I'm supposed to be in Christian fellowship each week, if I'm supposed to study the scripture, if I'm supposed to pray, if I'm supposed to live righteous life, I can never step back and say, well, God, sorry, I'm too limited. I didn't do any of the things you asked me to do. No, the response to be, thank you. That was just announcing the next point. <laughs> that was intermission. <laughs> In this thing, though, I really think that we don't realize how much we struggle with faith. We think, well, I have faith because I believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead. So I have faith. And that's part of it, yes. But the reason why the disciples were accused of lacking faith and others that Jesus encountered because they didn't believe that what Jesus taught actually worked. And many of us, we struggle with our faith because we read things like this and we don't believe it works. And the reason is because we do the relationship right and what happens? They still get mad at us. Okay? They still don't, they're still not there for us. And we think it doesn't work. But we have to decide that we're going to believe because God plays the long game. I don't know if we know that. We like the short game, right? Because we love to be able to get on our phone and click a button and the food just shows up within 10 minutes, okay? That's how we like it. We love to make things happen. In fact, if you've ever sent someone a text, you know, and they're sitting right next to you, I'm going to text this to you so you have this, and you send it to them, and it doesn't come in three seconds, and we're like, what's wrong with this thing? It's not moving fast enough. It's supposed to go in three seconds. And we forget that, yeah, it's right next to this phone, but it has to go all the way over to some satellite, and that has to beam it over there, and that has to come back. And we complain that it happens in less, in, in longer than three seconds. And we forget that God, he plays the long game. And so when we follow his teachings, sometimes the rewards don't come instantaneously. And the question is, do we have enough faith to believe that they're coming? They're coming. We just have to stay true to what he teaches us to do. Also, Jesus says in Matthew 5, 25 and 26, Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court. So someone's upset with me and they're trying to get justice. Lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. So someone is upset with you, get it right. Get it right as fast as I can because there's, there's problems, there's issues if I don't get these things right. And what we discover is here, all of us as followers of Christ, we need to be good at our people skills. And some of us aren't good at our people skills. You know, we're frowning all the time, we're grouchy all the time, and everybody's the bad guy. Have you ever met people like that? Everybody around, and nobody's helping me, and I don't know why anybody's not helping me all the time, and we're just agitated and mad. And listen, I'm not speaking as if I'm innocent of that, okay? All of us slip into that at times. But when we don't know how to approach people, there's a reason why they're not wanting to approach us. Have you ever seen that person and, and they walk into the room and you're like, i got to get out of here before they see me because I don't want to encounter this. And that person does not receive the blessings and the benefits of healthy relationships that God has for them because they don't know how to relate to people. We need to know how to relate to people. And in a moment, we'll have some answers to how to do that. Also, Proverbs 5, verse 18 and 19 says this, Let your fountain be blessed. And rejoice in the wife of your youth. Let her fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. And I can just say, uh, as being married for 23, almost 23 years, my wife makes me intoxicated. 
No, I don't drink alcohol. It's a different kind of intoxication. But uh, <laughs> sometimes the reason why we don't find joy, laughter, and, and fulfillment is because we don't allow ourselves to enjoy the company of others. To just decide, I'm just going to have fun being with this person. And I don't know about you, but have you ever been disappointed when someone came to you and said, I just want to be with you. I would love to hang out with you. I just want to have fun with you. And anybody, whenever you hear, unless it's that guy, you know, that bothers us. But if it's, if it's an average person, does anybody say, nah, you know what, I don't want any fun. You, you know, go find that on your own. No, we like to be with others, and we like when people want to be with us. And so we need to learn to have fun, enjoy each other, be in each other's company, laugh a little bit. And many of us, the reason why we're depressed, anxious, stressed, it's because we won't allow ourselves to not only be with people, but enjoy people. And when we do that, when we stay all alone, cooped up in our home, hiding from everybody because of all of our brokenness and their brokenness, and all those guys out there are wolves. We're robbing ourselves of the soil and the water and the sunlight that will give us life. If we want life, we need to learn to go in there. I know that they'll hurt us sometimes. I know it's scary, but there's more fulfillment in there than there is hiding in our own homes with all our devices. Then, 1 Corinthians 9, 3-5. Now, I know that Paul makes this statement, and afterwards he clarifies that he's not actually going to uh, expect or try to get his needs met, but he still makes a point to say this to them, though. 1 Corinthians 9, 3-5. This is my defense to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife? So Paul, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing to the Corinthians, lets them know, I have needs too, you know. And sometimes we need, because we, we might feel unchristlike to do that, we might feel selfish to do that, and sometimes that might be the case depending on how we're doing it, where our heart is. But it is not inappropriate to let someone know, listen, I just need a break. I just need space for a moment. I just need the rest. Have you ever had someone ask you to do something and you've just been busy and busy and busy and you finally get the chance to rest? You're going to fall apart if you can't just lay down for a few minutes. And the person calls you and says, can you help me out with this? And in your head you're thinking, no, I can't. And so you tell them you can't. And then they ask, have you ever had someone do this? Well, what are you doing? <laughs> like, well, I can't tell them I'm just going to lay down and rest for a minute because then they'll make me do it. But did you know it's not inappropriate to say, listen, I've just been worn out and I've got all this stuff going and, I, and I need the, I'm sorry, I need the rest. Or maybe I'm not in a good emotional space or, you know, think, or my body's hurting and I, I'm not capable of doing that. We need to be able to let people know and be able to set appropriate boundaries and say, listen, I can't do that. Because here's the thing, we might think it's selfish, but listen. If we wear ourselves out helping the needs that we're not actually supposed to be helping, and in the process we deplete all our energy and all our time on that person, and now we're not capable of meeting the needs that we're actually more responsible to? Because listen, if you're married and you're always spending all your energy trying to help your friends out and you're not serving your spouse, it's wrong. It's wrong. We have to learn how to manage that, and we have to learn to be able to say no so we can say yes to the right things. But remember, we need to balance that out with what does the Bible expect us to do, okay? So I can't just say, you know, well, I had a hard time sleeping last night, so I'm tired, so I don't need to go have Christian fellowship this morning. 
And the Bible says that we need to fellowship with the saints. Do not forsake the assembling of our saints together. Well, you know, I'm just stressed at, jo- at my job, and so I don't want to help out with anything. I don't want to serve in any kind of ministry on Sunday morning. Well, the Bible tells us that we're all hands, feet, eyes, ears, and we all have a role and a part to play. Okay, so if God expects it, then I need to do it, right? But when we measure out and we figure out the things that God's not expecting of me, and I, you know, I've met my limitation, I need to learn, because some of us, some of us, what we do is we think that we're being selfless, but we just go around saying yes to everything all the time, and meanwhile, what we're doing afterwards is, I can't believe they're taking advantage of me all the time, <laughs> always treat me like that. They're so selfish, and I can't stand to be around them. Hey, can you get this for me? Sure, I'll get that for you. Can't believe they're doing that again, lousy people. And then we're getting ticked off and mad, and what's happening is no Christ-like character is being developed in that. We're becoming very fleshly in the process, all because we can't just stand up and say, I'm sorry, no, I can't do that. And if we want to have healthy relationships, because that's not working out, right, then we need to learn to approach it this way. Also, Paul says in Romans 1, 11 and 12, For I long to see you, that I may impart some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Now, isn't that beautiful? Paul enters into the relationship saying, I get it. You have needs, and I have come to serve and meet those needs. But listen, I have some needs also, and I hope that you would be respectful enough to help meet some of my needs also. And that's a healthy relationship, when we are mutually being benefited by one another. And when it falls apart is when we get lopsided one direction or the other. Whether it's in the me, 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 everybody needs to help me out and I'm never putting out. Okay? Like if we come to church and we say, I don't like the worship, I don't like the sermon, I don't like the way that guy looked at me, and nobody paid attention to me today, and all I'm focused on is what I'm getting, and I'm never going out and approaching someone and being the one who meets someone and greets someone and prays for someone and gets all excited about worship and all of those things, then there's a reason why those relationships aren't good. And we like to point the finger at everybody else. But what does Jesus say? Before we take the speck out of their eye, we need to take the plank out of our own eye. And so I need to ask myself, what am I doing that's of any value, worth, benefit to them? And then seek those. And then the other lopsided is the person who's just always serving, always going, always doing for everybody else, and never asking can you, and there, listen, there's a right way to do this. You don't go up to someone and say, you don't go up to your wife and say, I'm hungry and you need to make dinner for me right now. You don't do that. And just so you know, who's, who said you'd be dead? Was that you? <laughs> I don't think that guy's married it today. But a wife might be open to if you came and said, I'm really hungry and really tired, and I know that like, I'm capable, I could make something for myself, but it would be really great if you could just make something for me. A wife might be more willing to do that than if I take the other approach. And look, I'm still getting my needs met, aren't I? Because I learn how to relate to people. Okay? So speaking of how to relate to people, that's the second thing that I need to do, is I need to think about what people desire. And the Lord gives us in the Scripture six general ones that I think all of us have need of. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. 
How many of us at times have a positive, thankful thought about someone and we never tell them? And we think that they just know that we're thankful to them. Uh, several weeks ago, I preached a sermon, and afterwards, I didn't feel great about the sermon. I just, I just thought I didn't do it well, uh, and I was feeling kind of disappointed about that. Well, a few days later, and I, I think Joyce is getting ready for her meal, uh, but a few days later, I got this card in the mail from Joyce. And if you know, if you've gotten anything from Joyce before, you know it's about five pages long. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but it was good that it was long because it was, she was just going on and on and on about how much she loved that message, the one I was disappointed about, and, and all the things she was getting out of it. And she was writing, like she said, I wrote pages and pages of notes. And I needed to hear that that day. Okay? And so when we get encouragement from others, let's stop and think about how can I encourage the people around me? What can I compliment them about? What can I say to them? And listen, guys, if you're single and the other woman in the, in the room is single, just be careful saying, you look good today, by the way. Uh, there's some compliments that you might just need to kind of muffle a little bit. But if you saw someone help you out and that just really made your day, let them know, boy, that really made my day. Thank you for doing that. You are so, I noticed that you're such a caring person. Thank you for doing that. And just let people know the goodness that you see in them because we're going to, spread our, we're going to start meeting needs that way. Also, Romans 12.9, let love be genuine. And Romans 12.10, outdo one another in showing honor. We need to dish out love, and we need to dish out respect. And a lot of times we like to say, well, well, they need to earn my respect. Well, as far as I can tell, the Scripture tells us to respect everybody, regardless of their... We don't have to necessarily respect their actions or their beliefs, but we need to demonstrate respect to everybody. And I don't know if you're married here, a little bit of marriage advice, okay? Husbands, your wives want to know and hear how much you love them. Wives... Your husbands are okay with that. You tell them you love them. They're, they're, that's good. But you know what they really want to hear? How much you respect them. And so I bet watch your husband. If you go home, as, as difficult as that husband might be, okay? Mary Lou needs prayer today. <laughs> Afterwards, we'll all go lay hands on her. You go to that husband and every day start demonstrating respect to him and tell him why you respect him and speak words of encouragement and life to him. And come back to me and let me know that that didn't make any bit of difference in the way he behaved. Men often thrive on affirmation. Men often will become the kind of husband you want them to be if you just speak it to them. And so we need to learn to do that, not only for our husbands and our wives, but everybody around us. We're longing for that, aren't we? Just longing, we're feeling down, and we just wish someone would lift us up and encourage us. We need someone to love on us, give us a hug, and show us affection. We need someone to speak respect to us. Then start dishing. What does Jesus say? Whatever you wish that others would do for you, do for them. And then 1 Peter 4, 8, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. It's one thing to tell someone that you forgive them. It's another thing to come up to them a few days later and say, listen, I know that what you did hurt me, and listen, I'm going to get over it, and I want you to know that nothing's going to change in our relationship still then. I still love you, and I still will seek you out, and I still will support you. And wow, how many of us right now are just thinking, yeah, I would love for someone to say that to me. And that's 
what we need to dish out to people. It's forgiveness. Also, 1 Timothy 5.8, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, he has denied the faith. Offer to help people. Everybody around us, look around. You know how we usually offer to help? We look around and see that someone's struggling and they need help, and we think, somebody's got to help that guy. <laughs> hope someone, I hope someone goes over there and helps him. And we ignore it. No, just we see the need, go and help. And how many times have you been struggling, trying to get something worked out, and just wishing someone would come in and help? Do unto others as you wish they would do unto you. This is the way we figure out how to do this relationship thing. Also, I was, I was almost... Uh, I don't know what word I want to use to describe it, perplexed, when I was studying through these passages on relationships, when I discovered a repeated concept that maybe we might not notice it because maybe it's coming across a little indirectly, but a repeated concept that was coming. Matthew 5, 25, come to terms quickly with your accuser. Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with one another. Romans 13, 1, let every person be in subjection to the governing authorities. Romans 14, 1, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Romans 14, 19, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. You know what a lot of people need around us? They're just people to take it easy on them. A lot of times the reason why we're frustrated is because people keep getting in the way. You know, we're just trying to get this done, and can't you just help me out? You know, do you have to argue with me about all the reasons why you couldn't help me out? And why I'm being so mean by asking you, can you just help me? Take it easy on me. And I bet that if we learn to do that, if so, we find out someone's saying, hey, I need you to do this, even if they do it wrong. Because listen, that, that statement in Matthew 5, do you know what he was, said in that statement? He said, if someone forces you to go with them one mile, go with them two. That guy wasn't taking the good people skills approach. But I'm still, still supposed to respond positively to that. Okay, so if, if people are struggling and they're falling apart, like have you ever been falling apart before and you're like, I know I'm losing it here and I know that I'm kind of flipping my lid and not doing the right thing here and someone comes up next to you and says, I would love to help you, but boy, you're messing this whole thing up. <laughs> and you're thinking, well, that just made everything wonderful all of a sudden. <laughs> Instead, love covers a multitude of sins. Show up, ignore that for the moment. And help them out and give them what they need. And watch all of a sudden everything change. What does Proverbs say? A gentle answer turns away wrath. I'm amazed at all the people skills things that the Bible gives us. Must be, must be important, right? Then, not everybody wants and needs the same thing, though. And that's where we need to learn how to navigate that. Because some of us would love to have a big hug from someone. Others of us, six feet, six feet. Stay over there, I'm good, okay? Some of us love someone have, like touching our shoulder, and other people are like, yeah, 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 it's nice, it's nice, it's nice. Please stop, okay? Some of us love attention being drawn to us. They're like, look at them, they're so glad they're here, look at that person. And some of us are like, yeah, look at me. And others are like, please, I want to crawl into a hole somewhere and die. Stop noticing me. And because we're so different, well, then how do we figure out what to dish out? Well, it starts first with that whole whatever you wish others would do for you, do for them. So just think for a moment before we act and ask, would I like this? If I was do if someone was doing this to me, would I like this? But secondly, James 1.19, and we mention this verse often, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. If we listen well enough, we will know what people want. And ladies, us guys, we have an issue with, with hearing. And here's the issue. 
And I know that you guys think you're being direct. And it's definitely plain as day if we stop and think about it. But if you say, boy, it would be great if someone would take this garbage out. You know what the husband thinks? Yeah, I'm wondering who she's going to get to take care of that garbage. It would be nice if someone would take care of that. And they don't do it. But if you came and you said, hey, I heard someone they'd say that's a man. Watch it over there. But if you say, hey, honey, can you take the garbage out? Then they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Why didn't you just ask? You know, I just... And part of this is because us guys sometimes have a problem with listening to the intent that things, and that's where you ladies have a leg up on us usually. But even, us, even you ladies sometimes have a hard time noticing what people are actually saying. And so when someone's complaining, when someone's saying they can't believe that this person did that to them, if someone's expressing, boy, I would love, my favorite day would be this, then take note of that. Say, you know what, that person would like to be left alone. I can hear that. That person would love to be hugged. I can hear that. That person would like for me to buy their meal today. I can hear that. Okay? And do that. And all of a sudden, we'll discover how to treat each other. But here's the last thing. This world has fallen apart. And marriages are not lasting so, they're going so badly that many people don't even want to enter in to marriages. This world is falling apart, and Jesus is the answer to that. And if this world's going to ever turn it around, we need to decide that we're going to be what Jesus told us to be. You are the salt, and you are the light. Let your light shine so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so if nothing else, tolerate that rascal husband Wife, boss, neighbor, friend, child. The people that are just doing everything wrong while you're doing everything right. And figure out how to do these relationships right. Because that's what advances the mission. And listen to all these statements. Again, I already said, let them see your good works so that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Romans 14, 20 and 21. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everyone is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. 1 Corinthians 7, 5 to husbands and wives, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that, that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. The way a husband and a wife loves on each other helps them reach righteousness and purity. 1 Corinthians 7, 16, for how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband by their conduct he's talking about? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, he says that he becomes all things to all people so that he might by all means save some. He says, I do all things, what? Relating to others for the sake of the gospel. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but instead bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, do your work heartily. Ask for the Lord rather than for men. So that boss isn't paying you enough, treating you well enough. You're not serving him when you're doing that job. We're serving the Lord. And we're also giving ourselves a great witness before that boss when we do it that way. 1 Peter 3.1, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey by the word, 
they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. Us learning how to be good at relationships advances the kingdom of God. This world needs light and it needs salt. Are we willing to get rid of some of our hurts and some of our neediness to be able to see that happen? Will you stand with me? Worship team, will you come and prepare to lead us? I know that you guys have to hurry home and take that nap. <laughs> and I know that you have about three hours to get ready for that AFC championship game, so you really got to get home. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Some of us are here this morning and we're bogged down by the weight of the expectations of others. Whether they're saying them to us or we just kind of assume that it's expected of us. And we're beating ourselves up, and we're guilty, and we're kind of falling apart because we're not recognizing our limitations. And some of us need to be liberated from that weight to be able to walk in the joy of the Lord. Or perhaps some of us here today have some hurt feelings that we're kind of holding on to. And maybe we have, to some degree, a right to do that. But they're not doing us any good. And maybe today, in order for us to be liberated from that, we have to choose to be the one that lets it go, to just let it go. Or perhaps some of us are here this morning, we're realizing as we're thinking about healthy relationships, just how broken you are. And perhaps you need healed by the Holy Spirit this morning. Maybe there's repentance needed for our behavior towards others. Maybe we need to start getting a little more serious about our relationships so that our light might not be so much dim to the world. Do you need the Lord to work in your life? Do you need a transformation? He's here and he wants to give that to you, but we must draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So as they lead us in worship and you need to seek him this morning, then come and seek him. He wants to bring that life to you. have a sense that there's someone here that's really under the weight of some of these things. And you're perplexed, you're confused, you're not sure if it's you, you're not sure if it's them, but you're just really wrestling. You want the right things and, and you want to be right before the Lord, but you just, you need some clarity. You need some strength and support. And you'd like me to pray for you for that. Then with heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just lift your hand and say, yeah, that's me and that's what I have need of. Okay, several hands. Good. Anybody else? Good. Good. Well, Lord, you see these hands. And I ask that right now you would begin to allow the peace that surpasses all understanding to begin to penetrate their hearts and minds. That you would begin to allow them to experience the freedom that is in the presence of the Spirit. And that you right now would begin to provide a clarity of thought that they would be able to know what it is that they're supposed to do. Help them, Lord. Give them all the strength, all the wisdom, all the ability, all the patience, and all the grace that they have need of to do what you've called them to do. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're doing in all of us. Build your church, Lord. We have a mission to serve. 
We have people around us that are broken and they need you. And we ask that you would help us to build your church so that you can be glorified and honored and so that people can be made whole by the wonderful work of Jesus Christ. We ask for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You were fun today. Thank you for laughing at my jokes, even if they weren't funny. <laughs> you were trying to be nice. Uh, but before you go, just, just a few last things before you go. Again, like I had said, if you'd like to have dinner with me, well, we're having dinner Wednesday at 6.30. And that's a great opportunity to share, to sow into someone else's life, to receive different perspectives uh, and strengthen your walk with Christ. Uh, also, if you're looking for a way to serve someone, listen, we want to make it easy for you. So all you need is a phone and a willingness to call someone, and we can even give you the name and the phone number and help you minister to someone. It's that easy. And you can make it as much as little as you want and change it from week to week. Hey, I can do some. I can't do anything this week. And we want to make it easy for you, speaking of taking it easy on you, uh, to serve. And that's what God has created us to do, is to serve one another. And that's our one-to-one -one ministry. And so if you are interested, thinking about it, text me or call me or see the welcome table. Habiba would be glad to talk with you about that if you'd like to consider getting involved in that. Also, when you received an invite to church this morning, you're already here, so that wasn't for you. But we love you. We want you to come. That's for you to invite somebody else to join us. And next week, have you ever made a choice that you really regret it? Okay. Next week, we're going to see what God has to say about how to make healthy choices in our lives. And if you know someone that, that has need of that, then bring them along with you. And then lastly, let's go out there and help people thrive. Don't we want to do that? Amen. Help them thrive in their faith, in their earthly life by helping them develop spiritual maturity as we intentionally connect with others and connect them to the life of Bethel. We are seeking to connect, develop, and thrive. Can we do that? Don't we want that? So thank you for being here. God bless you. Let's go out and do that. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week.